Welcome, Summit Church, Summit Nation, all our friends and guests. Welcome. Welcome to the Summit Experience. Welcome to our celebration. Praise God. I'm happy to announce next week we're opening it up to everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody can come. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we're in a, you're in a safe place here. And uh, those of you that are not comfortable about getting out yet, we're not condemning you. Just um, we'll continue to be online even um, after we come together um, physically next week. But we were online before the pandemic. We'll be online after the pandemic. It continues to be a vital part of our ministry and um, I'm just believing God, and, and um, I ask that you agree with me, Summit Nation, that we reach more and more people online. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And um, we want to be a blessing to people. Amen? Amen? Fathers, my heart goes out to you today. Happy Father's Day from yeah. me to you. Carla, Carla already exhorted you, and I, I, like, I like what she shared. And you are mentors. That, that, that stood out to me. I think, uh, I think uh, Karen Smith mentioned that. Mentor enough and needed. That's awesome. Um, by the way, I encourage you to chat. That's what the chat room is for, or the comment section, rather. I'll call it a chat room. So uh, welcome people and greet one another. Thank you, Jesus. Some of, uh, some of the Summit family that's been incognito hasn't said anything. Just give us a wave. You don't even have to say, say anything. Find a wave emoji and wave at us or something. Praise the Lord. But um, there is a concentrated effort by the enemy. The enemy, you know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy is the devil. We wrestle against Satan and demons, principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. But how many of you know we have authority over him? But there is uh, a concentrated effort by the devil, listen carefully, to devalue and minimize the importance of fathers in society. Fathers are needed. And I want to salute you fathers for all that you do, for showing up, going to work every day, providing for your family. And um, we always say this, I'm, I'm my father's favorite child, but guess what? You are your father's favorite father. Amen. That came to me when I was... Uh, sitting over there, uh, you are your father's favorite father. You are loved, highly favored. You are valued by your heavenly father. He loves you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Listen, he's not mad at you. If you've made mistakes, I want you to listen to this message today. Not just fathers, but anybody who 
has made mistakes. Some of you have sinned and thought that God has forgotten you, that God has given up on you, that God is disappointed in you. But I want you to know that God's love for you has never changed. You are forgiven. That God doesn't remember what you did. Thank you, Lord. And so with that, we're going to uh, get into the Word. But first, if it will allow me, we're going to make some confessions. Praise the Lord. Um, thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to need some, some help from the outside today. Uh, amen. So uh, if you could bring up that confession, we will get right into it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's not mad at us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You ready? I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered. Laughter coming on me, man. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. Let me get my laugh out, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm laughing about. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I've got the joy of the Lord this morning. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, empowered. We'll, we'll start there. Okay, empowered, anointed, accepted, and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We are all that because of Jesus. Glory be to God. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing upon me right now. Thank you, Lord. None of me, all of you, I pray that my speech, my teaching, my preaching, my ministry today would not be with enticing words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the Spirit of God and power, that people's faith would not rest in the wisdom of man, but in the miraculous power of God. Father, we desire passionately that the gifts of the Spirit be in operation. Thank you, Lord, that people will be helped today through your precious holy word lives will be changed we declare that the devil is defeated jesus is lord 
Lord, I, I determined not to know anything except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I pray, Lord, that utterance would be given to me today that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel that I may proclaim it fearlessly as I should in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk about forgiveness, the, the, the new and living way of the new covenant and how this new and living way is a different way than the way of the old covenant. Let's start in Colossians chapter 1, giving thanks to the Father. Somebody gives thanks to the Father right now. Glory to God. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. you how many of you know you're qualified? Some people think that you, you've got to um, earn your blessings, earn your favor. But no, Jesus earned your favor. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance. How many of you know we've got an inheritance? We've got an inheritance that consists of exceeding great and precious promises. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want to give a shout out. I'm going to give a shout out right now to our awesome uh, praise team. And uh, let's, give them, let's give them a hand right now, man. Amen. Because thank you, Lord. They keep showing up. And worship with all their heart. They don't do it unto man, but they do it unto the Lord. Amen. And I, as, as a pastor, um, I'm proud of my praise team. I'm proud of y'all. Amen. Y'all bless me so much. Thank you. So, you are qualified for the inheritance qualified for all of God's promises, it has nothing to do with your effort. You are qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now hold that in your mind. We're going to talk about the light today. We, we are to, you know, we, 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 we are actually walking in the light. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the next verse. He, the Father, has delivered us. That's past tense. Say, he has delivered us. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. In whom, in the son, okay? Now, see, you're already delivered. You're not waiting to be delivered. You were delivered 2,000 years ago on the cross. You're delivered from the domain of darkness. You're no longer in darkness. You're in the light. So go, go back to that, that last verse. You've been delivered from the domain of darkness. What does that mean? You're not in darkness anymore. You are in the light. Say, I am in the light. You're transferred in, into the kingdom of his beloved son. And you know Jesus is in the light. And as Jesus is, so are you. Verse 14 says... In whom, in Christ, 
in his son, we not trying to get, not going to get someday in the future, we have redemption. And we have redemption through the blood of Jesus. We'll see that in another verse. But notice the forgiveness of sins. Underscore, we have. Everybody say, we have. That means you have it right now. This is another participatory message. You have redemption. You have the forgiveness. You're not going to get it one day. You have it now. Yes. Ephesians chapter 1 says, To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has, there is that past tense again, he has blessed us. There, there it is. In, how's he, how's he blessed us? In, in who? In the beloved. Second time we saw that, right? So, thank you, Lord. Say, I'm blessed. Woo! You're already blessed. If you go to the third chapter, uh, excuse me, the third verse of this chapter, it says, blessed uh, be the, the God of our, uh, uh, blessed be the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And spiritual blessings are not just things that are spiritual, quote-unquote, but things that come from the spirit realm, which includes physical blessings. So, so we're already blessed, people. He has blessed us in the beloved who is Jesus. Watch this. In him we have. Not going to get, <laughs> because we're already blessed because of Jesus and his finished work on the cross. In him, we have redemption. Redeem means to buy back. We've been bought back. How? Through his blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Forgiveness of our trespasses or sins according to the riches of his grace. Okay? Now, it's, it's through his blood that we're forgiven. Now, see, how, how is human forgiveness? Human forgiveness is based on uh, apology. <laughs> but we don't, we're not forgiven by apologizing to God. We are forgiven through his blood. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. We don't have to apologize to God in order to be forgiven. We are forgiven through his blood. It's blood-based. We're in a blood-based economy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, that's good news. Now, we have redemption. We have forgiveness. It's according to the riches of his grace. If you want to measure how much you've been forgiven, measure the riches of his grace. The riches of his grace never runs out. 
this word blessed, do you know it's, it's actually a form of uh, the word translated grace, which is charis in the Greek? Blessed is a form of that word. So blessed is a form of grace, in other words. And uh, blessed means to bestow favor upon. It's important to know what, what we mean when we say um, we're blessed. I think it was Socrates that says the two people can't discuss a topic intelligently un unless they first define their terms. <laughs> so when we talk about being blessed, well, I'm blessed. Well, what does that mean? I want you to know what that means. Say, I'm blessed. That's a powerful word. And I mean, it's not just something just, to, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. <laughs> it means that God has bestowed favor upon you. Say, I'm, say I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And the Bible says that blessings are on the head of the righteous. Blessings are on your head. That means favor is on your head. Thank you, Lord. How, how, how did he bless us? Verse 6, in the beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus. He has, he has, whoo, glory to God. He has blessed us. New King James says he has made us accepted. Say, I'm made accepted. Made accepted. Um, ESV says accepted, New King James says made. And the word translated there, um, which he has blessed us, made or accepted, means it's in the aorist verb tense, which means, listen, past tense action never to be repeated. So when he has blessed or accepted us, that is a past tense action never to be repeated. Thank you, Lord. So what Jesus did on the cross for us when he shed his blood for our forgiveness and redeemed us, it, will, it was... A, it, it happened on the cross, past tense, and it will never be re repeated. It's good for all time. That's why the scripture says that through one sacrifice, he offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. So we're not forgiven sometime in the future. We're not forgiven as we go. We are forgiven now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. According, how, how are we forgiven? According to the riches of his grace. It's not according to your behavior. Now let's, let's uh, go into Hebrews chapter 8. In talking about this new covenant in verse 12, it says, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, 
and I will remember their sins no more. Notice the, the emphasis on I will, I will. And if you read some other verses in Hebrews, you'll see that it's God the one doing the action, not us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, the old covenant emphasis was what you did to uh, earn or deserve God's blessings based on your behavior. The old covenant says do. The new covenant says done. Notice what God does. He said, I will be merciful. This is, this is all God's doing. I will be merciful towards their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Ooh-wee. Do you know what that means? God doesn't remember your sins. He's not making a list and checking it twice. When you get to heaven, he's not going to play a movie and show you all the things that you've done wrong. All that kind of talk is nonsense. It's not biblical. God don't have no movie of your sins. You got a blank, you got a blank slate. I will <laughs> remember their sins no mas, no more. No more, thank you, Jesus, uh, means, now I, I want you to notice the word no. We'll, I'm going to make reference to that in a few minutes. But no more means I will by no means ever remember your sins. Specifically means never no more. It means never, certainly not, not at all, by no means. Think about that. God is saying, I will by no means ever remember your sins. If God doesn't remember your sins, don't you remember them. He, we've been delivered, listen, from an evil conscience. Man, I can't wait to talk to you about that. Now, we're going to dig into, into Hebrews and, and talk about that. Think about this. The record of your sins doesn't exist in heaven. It's been taken away. Look at Romans chapter 4. Now, Paul is quoting David, and David is talking about us in, here in the New Covenant. David, being a prophet, was looking forward to this day of the New Covenant, and here's what he says. He says some other things, but we're going to just look at verse 8. I encourage you to read verses 6 through 8, but we're just going to look at verse, focus on verse 8. And David said, bless, what does bless mean? Bestow favor upon. Who's blessed, David? Blessed is the man against whom the Lord, no, let me stop. That word against, 
Because there's a lot of talk in the body of Christ about how the Lord is, a, is against you because you did this. He's against you because you've done that. But David says, you know, religion is cruel. It's like a, it's like a carrot on a stick. Like they hold that carrot in front of you and they tell you what to do to get that carrot, or in other words, to be pleasing to God, and then you do that thing. And, um, I mean, the, the carrot's just out of your reach, and they say, if you just do a little bit more for God, and then you reach forward to that carrot, and then they pull it a little further back <laughs> and tell you what else you got to do. And you do that, and then you, you think you got the carrot, but then they pull it further away, and, and, and that becomes the whole religious lifestyle of some people. No matter what they do, it's, it's, you got to do a little bit more. You got to try harder. But what I encourage you to do is quit. Just quit and just rest in the finished work of Jesus. You know what it means to rest? It means that you, you are ceasing from your own labor in trying to do good to get God to bless you. And you realize that you're already blessed, so you just rest. Now, some people misunderstand what rest is. It's not, it's not inactivity. It's spirit-directed activity. You, you're going to work every day, but you're at rest. You're not depending, you're not depending on your own efforts to be blessed. And just, let's just take work, for example. Matter of fact, I believe believers ought to be the best workers on the job. Because I tell you, your boss is going to bless you based on your behavior. <laughs> Don't get that twisted. <laughs> you can't go in there and and then they, they, they want you to type some documents or something, or, and you sit there with your feet up on the desk and say, well, I'm blessed because of Jesus. I don't got to work. I'm, uh, the pastor said to rest. No, you didn't hear what I said at all. See, you're going to be the best worker when you're at rest. Because, see, well, how am I going to be blessed on the job, Pastor? I'm confused. How am I going to be blessed? And you said that my blessings are not based um, on my works, but my, my employer is, is, is going to bless me based on your works. No. Your employer, your blessings don't come from your employer. They might come through your employer, but they come from God so you do your work as unto the Lord. And you're working according to God's ability on the inside of you. It's spirit-directed effort. You're doing all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. Through the Spirit of God, man, you might tell your employer, you know what, I'm going to stay late. You got any, any extra stuff for me to, me to do? Because you're looking to be a blessing on the job. You look, you, because the Spirit of God on the inside of you is not a mediocre spirit. 
He's going to inspire you to be the best on the job, and you're going to, you're going to do it according to his ability. See, the difference is if you do your job in your ability, in your strength, that's when you get wore out and burnt out. Oh, man, how am I going to do all this work they give me to do? They just give me too much stuff. Why are they giving it to me? Instead of looking at it like that, look at it like, man, God's giving me an opportunity to be blessed because I can do this work supernaturally by the Spirit. And God will give you wisdom, and God will give you insight, and God will give you strength, and God will give you supernatural energy. And people wonder how you do it, and how you do it with, with so much peace on you, and how you do it with so much joy. That's how we ought to work. Thank you, Lord. We whistle while we work, and, we, we, but we're, and we're resting while we work. Glory to God. So what it means to be at rest is that you're not trying to earn your acceptance. Thank you, Lord. Well, I deserve to, to, to be promoted. All these other people being promoted ahead of me, and I've been here longer than them. Blah, 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 blah. No, so stop looking at your employer as your source. Look to God as your source. Lord, you're my source. I'm looking for you for my blessing. And guess what? Then promotion will happen. Thank you, Lord. Consider, here's a word for somebody. Do some extra on your job. Don't do just enough to get by or the minimum requirement. Do extra stuff and you'll stand out. Okay, calm down for all that shouting that you're doing. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. With that, I'm going to take a sip of tea. If that resonates with you, go ahead and do it and see what happens. Thank you, Lord. David said, blessed is the man against whom the Lord. Now, watch this. This is not against in a negative sense, this is talking about against whom the Lord will not count his sin. The Greek word for not is ooh me. Everybody say, ooh me. <laughs> That's a good ooh me. That word not is the same word as no in, that we looked at in Hebrews 8.12. Remember I said we, we, we um, referenced that again? I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. The word no in Hebrews 8.12 is umi. Everybody say umi again. That, that means that I will, no means by no means ever. It's a strong negative in the Greek. God is saying I will by no means ever remember your sins. I will, and, and here it means I will no means ever, saying the same thing really, count his sin. God, say God is not counting my sin. Because he doesn't remember them. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Not count his sin, the 
New King James uses the word impute, whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's an accounting term. Not count sin or not impute sin means the record of the debt has been wiped out as though we never sinned. Woo, hallelujah. See, that, that brings freedom. And we're going to show you what knowing your sins are forgiven does in your life in terms of bearing fruit. It, it has all to do with how much fruit you bear in your life when you understand how much you've been forgiven. Hallelujah. Remember, the record of your sin doesn't exist in heaven. Amen. He doesn't count them. He doesn't, he doesn't re remember them. They've been taken away. Yes. Listen to this. Blessed is the man, watch this carefully. Blessed is the man against the Lord, say, will not. Will not count his sin. You're not blessed because you don't sin. Because all of us sin. We're blessed. Because when you do sin, it's not <laughs> counted against you. You hear that? Man, I'm getting blessed right up in here. We're not blessed because we don't sin. We're blessed because when we do, the Lord doesn't hold it against us. It is good news. So, so what do we do? When we approach God, we can approach him with fearless confidence. Yeah. Right. Hebrews 9. Verse 9, which is symbolic for the present age, according to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered. This is referring to the old covenant gifts and sacrifices when they were, the high priest would present the blood of lambs, bulls, goats to, to uh, offer sacrifices for the sins of the people, okay? And it would cover their sins for a year. Now, it would cover their sin. It would not do away with sin. See, our sins aren't covered today. They're not, they're not under a rug. They have been forgiven. They don't even exist. Hallelujah. But under the old covenant, it says, according to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that, watch this, cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. All right? It couldn't perfect the what? The conscience. We're going to deal with this, this conscious, consciousness. So the old covenant high priest would present the blood of animals as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. Look at verse 14 in the same chapter 4. Excuse me. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself, without blemish. See, he was the perfect lamb. The scripture refers to Jesus as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. 
the lambs that were presented in the old covenant had to be without spot and without blemish. Jesus was the Lamb of God. The Lamb that descended from heaven, walked among us, never committed any act of sin. He was a perfect Lamb. Hallelujah. Who through, how much more will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purge or purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He purified our conscience from dead works. Now, for them, and the Hebrews at, at this time who were still offering uh, um, sacrifices, and, and they didn't, um, there, were, there were Hebrews at that time that were still offering old covenant sacrifices. And see, why did they, why did they offer these sacrifices? Now, they didn't have a revelation of what, of what Jesus had done for them on, on the cross. Old covenant sacrifices, for them, it was throwing another lamb on the altar to cleanse themselves, to, to try and attempt to cleanse themselves from their sins and be made right with God. Let me say that, say that again. For them, it was throwing a, this, this, these dead works, is what I'm referring to. For them, it was throwing another lamb on the altar in their attempt to cleanse themselves from sin and make themselves right with God. For us today, what's dead works? In fact, uh, let's look at, let's slip over to Hebrews chapter 6. It says this, that we need to get past this. What? Dead works. Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So what's dead works for us? Things we try to do in our own efforts to attempt to cleanse ourselves and make ourselves right with God apart from Jesus. And what, what Jesus did on the cross, he purified our conscience from dead works, from trying to do things, in other words, to make us acceptable to God. You got your seatbelts fastened, your seat backs and tray tables in their upright and locked position. Okay, now let's go over to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. For since... The law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. It can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered year after year, year after year, offered every year to perfect those who draw near. In other words, it couldn't, it couldn't perfect the conscious. 
of those offering the sacrifices because they had to continually be offered and it would never do away with sin. It would just, it would just sweep sin under the rug. Okay? And, and those sins are just, that pile of sin that just keep, keep building higher and higher, but it's, it's covered. See, those, it says those sacrifices can never, say, say never, never by those, by the same sacrifices that are continually, continually offered every year, made perfect, those who draw near couldn't make them perfect, couldn't make their conscience perfect. Verse 2, otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? In other words, if, it could, if, if those sacrifices of the old covenant could provide perfect cleansing, they wouldn't be offered anymore. Since the worshipers, in that case, in other words, having, having once been cleansed, if, if they would have been cleansed, in other words, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. In other words, if, if, that, if the blood of animals were effective, the high priest would not have to offer any more sacrifices, and the worshipers would have no consciousness of sin. The people that, that the blood was brought on behalf of, they wouldn't have any more consciousness of sins if that blood works. Oh, man. Jesus' blood worked. And what I like to say is, ain't no more sacrifices. Because the point that he's making, as we'll go on to see, he made our conscience, he... He cleansed us from an evil conscience. And if we can just receive what he did, he offered one sacrifice for sins forever and sat down. He doesn't offer any more sacrifices because the work was complete. And we are cleansed. That's why there ain't no more sacrifices because Jesus' blood works. It wasn't the blood of animals. It was Jesus' own blood. And look at verse, man, time's slipping away on me. Look, look at um, verse uh, 17 and verse 20. Then he, then he adds, I will remember, this sounds familiar, their sins and their lawless deeds no more. I will by no means ever remember. Well, he said that in chapter 8. He's saying it again here. Whew. Where there is forgiveness of these, ain't no more sacrifices. See, where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering of sin. So if you put this together, this implies that we have a perfect cleansing. And, and we, we have, listen, no more consciousness of sins because if you go back, he says, um, th these sacrifices that they offered year after year, 
couldn't make those perfect. Or else they would have ceased to be offered. That, that implies that if there was a sacrifice that could, that, that, that could make the believer perfect, then, 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 then they stop offering them. It, it ceases to be offered. So since there ain't no more sacrifices after Jesus' blood, that means he made us perfect in regard to conscience. Ooh, thank you, Jesus is right. So, thank you, Lord. Where there is forgiveness of these, there's no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, brothers, since, hang on with me. I'm going to go a little bit further. I want you to see this because we, we're going to really tie all this together and watch and, and see what does this mean as, as, as we uh, live our lives today in this new covenant. What is this new and living way? Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the what? New and living way. This new covenant is a new and living way that he, that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. Thank you. When he died on the cross, the Bible says the veil of the temple of the old covenant temple, God tore it up. I believe it was like just a, an angel that just ripped that curtain from top to bottom. That's what happened when he died on the cross. said the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom, meaning that the old covenant was over when he died on that cross. By the new and living way that he opened us through open for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. Verse 21, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our, what? Hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We have been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Now watch this. Watch this, y'all. Evil. What does that mean to have an evil conscience? It's not what you think. Here are some definitions for, for evil. Guilty. Worthless. Useless. Good for nothing. Of small worth unfit. I pulled this up uh, from my Bible software. This is awesome. Unsuccessful. Of serious fault so as to have no value. Oppressed by toils full of labors. Annoyances. Hardship. Pressed and harassed by labors. In other words, you're free from a guilty conscience, a worthless conscience, a useless conscience, a good-for-nothing conscious. No, I'm not worth very much of small worth conscious. 
I'm delivered from that. See, all we need to do is align our thinking to what's happened in our spirit. We've been delivered from an unsuccessful conscience. Well, I'm not very successful. I'm not, I, I ain't no good. This good for nothing conscience we've been delivered from. Man, I, I, I tell you, I, I've, I just made so many mistakes. I know God is so mad at me. I, I just keep making the same old mistakes. Of serious fault, you're free from all those faults and failures and shortcomings. Uh, you know, I'm not worth very much. So as to have no value, you're delivered from a so as to have no value consciousness. Oppressed by toils, full of labor, annoyances, hardship, pressed, and harassed by labors. Here's what uh, one, one of my Bible sources, uh, Lonida, suggests that this means. Having your evil conscious purified or washed. Lonida says, with hearts, Lonida suggests that this means with hearts that have been purified from a condition in which their conscience has said they are guilty. Thank you, Lord. An evil conscience is a conscience that is harassed. See, the devil will try to harass you. An evil conscience is a conscience that is harassed by accusations that bring guilt, condemnation, and shame. An evil conscience is a consciousness that tells us we better get right with God through our, through our own efforts. We need to get right with God through our own efforts before he'll allow us to enter into his presence until he allows us to enter into the presence of the throne of grace. In other words, you, you better be, get right. You need to get right with God before you can enter in, into His presence. Now, until you can, but before you can approach His throne, that doesn't even make sense. How can we earn the right to approach the throne of undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor? His throne, why are you talking about grace so much? Let me ask you the question. Why is his throne called the throne of grace? What's grace? Unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor? How can you earn a right to approach a throne that's not based on your merits? Thank you, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. What time is it? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go some more. <laughs> I want to finish it. Okay, let's go to 2 Peter. This won't take me long. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. Now, here's something that seems counterintuitive. 
Now watch this. How many of you know it's important for us to bear fruit? It says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, with virtue, knowledge. Here, here are some qualities that we should have as believers. And it, it, it might surprise you how God will bring forth those qualities forth in our life. Make every effort to sub, supplement your faith with virtue, with virtue, knowledge, with knowledge, self-control, and, and self-control with steadfastness. Some people are, are out of control, but self-control, it says here. It's a quality that we should have as believers. Self-control with steadfastness and, and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective. So we're talking about being effective having these qualities. Because if these qualities are yours and incre are increasing in you, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now watch this. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind. And the problem is they haven't tried hard enough to be pleasing to God. No. Doesn't say that. Whoever lacks these qualities, see, this seems counterintuitive. Seems like this would have nothing to do. See, if, if you don't understand what Jesus did for us on the cross with, with a, a perfect cleansing from our conscience, and if you don't understand what the blood did, if you don't understand that we have forgiveness, if you don't understand that um, he made one sacrifice for sins forever, this won't even make sense to you. But when you lack these qualities, you forgot, having forgotten what? That he was cleansed from his former sins. Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So, What's the key to having these qualities that's mentioned here? Remembering what Jesus did for you when he cleansed you of all your sins and he cleared you of all your wrongdoing. He doesn't count your sins against you that you're totally and completely forgiven. You're not guilty. You have no guilty conscious. You have no good for nothing consciousness. You have a righteousness mentality your, your mind lines up with what's in your heart that you are the righteousness of God in Christ that you are totally forgiven and freed from a guilty conscience anybody get anything out of this in Revelation 1 5 it says and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead and the rulers of the kings on earth to him who loves you, who loves us, and has freed us 
from our sins by his blood. He passed tense as. Glory to God. Freed us from our sins when we apologize. No, by his blood. Now, last verse, 1 John 1, 7. We'll close with this here. But if we walk in the light, this is, this is a very misunderstood verse. I want you to l listen to this carefully. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, here's that blood again, keeps coming up. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Ooh. Now, cleanse, cleanses in this verse is in the present active, this is a mouthful here, present active indicative verb tense. Now, what does all that mean? It means that the blood is effective right now. And it forever keeps us in the light. In other words, it's a present active. It's active right now. We've been forgiven on the cross, but it's also present and active right now. And it forever keeps us in the light. So you're, you're not ever outside the light. Remember, we've been translated into the kingdom of his son. At the outset, we read that verse in Colossians. We've been transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. We, we are in, and his son is in the light. See, we, we've been qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Say, I'm in the light. Now, some people misunderstand this and, and they think, and, and it's been taught that, okay, as long as we, as long as we keep walking in the light, as he is in the light, okay, and we don't sin, we, we, we just stay in the light, just as Jesus is in the light. How many of you know that Jesus don't sin? Okay, so if we basically stay out of sin, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That makes no sense. Because it was, if it was talking about walking in the light as like um, staying out of sin, we wouldn't need no cleansing. <laughs> Can you see that? We wouldn't need it. If, if, if walking in the light had to do with uh, not ever committing any, any sin as Jesus is in the light, then we wouldn't need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. See, this is not talking about um, walking in the light is not about how we're walking. It's not talking about the way we walk. It's talking about where we're walking. It's talking about the realm that we're walking in. And we're in the kingdom of his son. It's not about the way we're walking. It's not about how you walk. 
It's where you're walking. And we're always in the light. So, cleanse, another way to say this, cleanse is in the continual present tense. We're, we're under the waterfall of, of God's cleansing of, or of God's, God's grace. We're under the waterfall of his grace. We're, we're under a continuous wash cycle. So as soon as you commit a sin, instantly it's washed. It's a continuous present tense. The blood keeps on cleansing because we're in the light as Jesus is in the light. And we have fellowship with Jesus. And God, who remembers our sins no more, as soon as we all sin, as soon as we commit an act of sin, is instantly washed away. As though you never did it. As, as soon as you sin, he remembers it no more. This is the new and living way. So, no more dead works. No more trying to earn your acceptance with God by what you do. You understand you're already accepted. That you're already loved. That you're already approved. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you anymore, accept you anymore. You are fully accepted. How does that change your life when you understand that you're forgiven. Man, fruit's going to come out. You understand that you're qualified for every single blessing because of Jesus, not because of dead works. It's because of what Jesus, I will be merciful to your unrighteousness. I, God says, will remember your sins no more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give God praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you that we've been washed. Thank you that we've been cleansed. Thank you that you remember our sins no more. Thank you that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God.